Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's show, Raising Expectations, your show with your team to hopefully encourage and strengthen you and to let you know that uh, you're special. God said so. He proved it with his son on the cross when he died for you and promised a great life. So we're here to talk about the good things and the way he uses sometimes difficult things to bring about great results that will be in your life and uh, those that you love. So welcome to Raising Expectations. Um you know how we normally do this. Uh, I want to start in the Far East this time. Actually, not the Far East. It's Dalton, Georgia. But it's kind of the Far East. But, uh, actually, they're in Europe. They right now, uh, as you know, a tank. Uh, actually, Stephanie and uh, Dr. Craig Thayer. Stephanie, as you know, is our entrepreneurial uh, health and wellness coach. Graduates of UC Davis are tremendous coach. She teaches you from the inside out. She and her husband are in... Uh, Dr. Tank there, Tank, Dr. Craig, we call him Tank. And if he's 6'5 and wants to be called Tank, we call him Tank. But anyway, he's in Serbia right now, believe it or not. And the boys, I guess, are in some special things. They're junior Olympians for water polo. And, of course, he was on the U.S. water polo team also years ago. So we wish them well. They can't get a connection over there, and we could sure understand why right now. So they'll be back next week, and they'll be tuning in to watch you this week when they get back so they won't miss you. So moving right along, we're going to go from east to west this time. We're going to stop off to our favorite pastor there in the entire state of Texas, <laughs> yeah, Ron Greer in McKinney, Texas. Ron, as you know, is uh, Ron's incredible. He works with men, discipling them with Man in the Mirror down in, in Florida. Somebody asked me once what I said about that, Ron. They didn't understand when I said that Paul and I, we looked in the mirror and we scared ourselves. So we had to do some research on Man in the Mirror and we could see why it helps you. It didn't help us, but we're we'll clicking in with you, brother, on all of this. Bob uh, is a pastor. He ran, could have run for Congress. I mean, the guy has a tremendous um, background and understanding. You'll see he's a very wise man. We love our brother in the Lord. And I tell you what, he also has a great heart for people. So, Ron, we love mm-hmm. you, man. We're sure glad you're here. Good to yeah. see you. Then Good moving all the way. Hey, Ron, help me out on this. Moving all the way to Lompoc, California. We have, I got it right this time. We have Dr. Paul Hall who's been my friend for over 50 years. Uh, Wow, that's a long time. But uh, we we, uh, 
We had some great times in school together. Paul is a pastor, a, a professor, a teacher. Uh, he's retired as far as the pastor goes, but he's still not retired as a theologian, and he does theologue all week. You'll have insights tonight. You'll see. Somebody asked what theologue is. You'll have to look it up, and when you're still looking next week, we'll tell you. We made it up. It's a great word. Theologue. Theologuing from the Word of God to make it fit in where we are today and see. So we've got Pastor um, Ron there, Dr. Paul Hall here, and uh, our special guest today, we're going to go back to Texas, is a, a great young pastor, uh, Will Hobbs from Midland, Texas. Uh, Will, I had the pleasure of, of working with and teaming up with there at a large church in, in Texas, and uh, we got to have like three and a half years together working, and this guy just blessed my life. He loves the Lord. He's got, a, got to marry he and his precious wife, Lauren. They have two beautiful little girls. You might see one. You never know. They come in and make sure that daddy's doing it right. So all the way from Midland, Texas, where he's associate pastor there at Kelview Heights Baptist Church. He also is at this point a financial coach master trainer with the Dave Ramsey team. So this is one of the reasons he's really helping his people. And as we think about this, um, you know, we're talking about inflation in the world today. The last time I checked today, Ron's probably all over this and Paul, but I think it was 8.7% as of today that they came up with it today. Yeah, give or take, like it matters a lot of percentage point, but uh, they're, they're busy uh, doing shows at night, but they're missing what's going on during the day. But in any event, as we look at this, we thought it'd be a great time for Will to be able to share with you some things that might be able to help you. Uh, as believers and, and people of faith, it's great to know that God never puts us in a situation or allows us to be in a situation that he doesn't have a plan for. He never asks us to do something that he can't work through. And uh, part of the joy of being a believer in Christ is to realize when I'm totally beyond what I can understand, he's there. And so many times, Paul Hall, my brother, all these years has said to me, you know, Joe, it's just a case of faith, and that's trusting one day at a time. But it's always encouraging when uh, God gives a few tips through guys like Will tonight for us to understand a little bit about what we can do as we trust him a day at a time. So, hey, on behalf of the Racing Expectations team, you got two-thirds of us. Uh, we're sure glad you're here, Will. Let's welcome Will Hobbs all the way from Midland, Texas, Kelby Baptist Church. Welcome, Will. There he is right Thanks, there. Appreciate you all. Good to see you, Will. Yeah, and I had 8.6%, Joe. I, I I don't know. Maybe we're off 0.1. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at, at CNN. They they kind of don't like him anymore. But anyway, <laughs> just around. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah so we're going on, Will. We were going to talk about tonight inflation and your finances. So I thought that was a great topic, especially right now, such an important topic. I don't know um, if you guys have hit this at all this year, but this year has been crazy. So our average inflation here, um, the way currency works, you're going to have some always in a healthy economy, but should be very low. Um, average has been two to three percent, depending on which article you read, which financial ex expert you ask. Uh, but Bloomberg, it's fitting, I think, that we're talking tonight, me being in Midland, Texas, because Bloomberg just published an article from May 10th saying that Midland, Texas is the highest in the nation of the 400s uh, areas that they studied. We're at 10 percent here. Um, now, if you go look up that article, it's free to read. I don't think you have to have a Bloomberg uh, subscription. 
I was a little disappointed with the lady that wrote that for a few reasons. A couple of them is, well, let me just, for example, do you mind if I take a second and just read real quickly? No, that's great. What she put. Okay. So this is Bloomberg's article from May 10th of 2022 this year. She said menus at local restaurants have, she's talking about inflation being 10%. Menus at local restaurants have sticky notes telling diners that prices have been raised. I know that happens. I'm sure that's happened here. I haven't seen it yet, but sure. I don't question that. A gallon of milk has surged to about 6% at local gas stations. Why are you buying milk at a gas station? You're worried about uh, inflation. Uh, Often the closest option for basics. I mean, it's just gibberish. And each went, who buys milk at a gas station when you're worried about margin in your budget? But um, one of the things we're going to talk about is having margin. And each Wednesday, a growing line of hundreds of cars uh, form outside the area's largest food bank. Obviously, great to have food banks here. But, you know, if, if, if you don't have any margin in your budget and you are very concerned about inflation, we're all a certain level concerned, of course. Um, you shouldn't be eating at a restaurant unless you're working there. And you don't pay $6 of uh, a gallon for milk at a convenience store. So I just wanted to to throw that in there. And uh, just real quickly, there's some of the things that the author did not say, the journalist did not say. And um, number one, we have some of the lowest unemployment here. Uh, And so there's that. And we have a very high earning potential here locally. So, Yes, 10% is very bad for this year so far, but that's weighed against low unemployment and extremely high, in fact, one of the highest earning potentials here. And when you weigh that in, I would argue, I'm in crunch numbers, um, and I forgot most of my minor in economics in college. When you weigh those together, I would argue we're actual number, not raw number, but actual weighted number would be far below 10 just can, when you factor in those other things. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, get your guys' thoughts, any questions you guys have, creating margin with your money. Talk a little bit about wor- hard work. Talk a little bit about budgeting. Great. 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 <laughs> Sounds good to me. You got two retired, one on fire right above you. So we're yeah. <laughs> So let me <laughs> let me kick us off if, if you guys didn't have anything yet. First off, I think hard work. I think a lot of people underestimate the value of hard work. You know, the Bible has this principle in the Old Testament, and it's still true today. It says the diligent will prosper. Mm -hmm. Um, It talks all about hard work. Now, prosper doesn't necessarily mean wealth in terms of the way the world defines it today, but it always means uh, prosperity in the way that God defines it. Uh, Joy, contentment, we're created Mm -hmm. to work, you know, all those things that God connects work with basic provision. And so... Um, look, there's a bunch of people listening or watching right now saying, okay, well, how do I, how do I get a hold of my money? And that's what we call the budgeting process. That's the second thing I want to talk about. There's free budgeting apps out there for anyone who is interested. Every dollar, Dave Ramsey, I'm, I did his financial coach master training with his team. Every dollar is their app. It's a fantastic tool. You need a budget. You need a budget. Fantastic tool. There's another one called Good Budget. And then there's another one. You got to be careful how you say this one. Fudget. <laughs> so it's budget with an F in the beginning. But those are just four examples uh, that are out there. Uh, some of which are paid and prescription uh, subscription based, but a lot of those, a lot of these that I mentioned are free. And so setting up your budget, you know, 
if you don't know where your money's going, how are you going to be able to get on top of it? Right, right, <laughs> so creating margin in your budget is going to be one of the best tools in your defense against inflation, particularly this year, if we're looking at 8.5, 8.6. On that, on that note, I have a question because it's a, <clears throat> another one of those great subject uh, pet peeves of mine. <laughs> sure. uh, it's it a constant conversation with my kids. Well, two of them. Uh, and a lot of young young people I deal with, and and at the same time, I when I did um, aftercare ministry, teaching guys how to transition from prison back into society. Mm. Well, one of the things is teaching them how to get jobs and ID, but also okay, now how do you budget the money? How do you establish a budget? You know, how do you keep it simple and how you set goals and on and on. So, but the hardest thing out of all those years of experience with those guys. And still today with my kids and, and young men today, young people, they understand the concept of a budget, but what is it that, that doesn't allow this here to actually engage in it? it it's, it's, you know, they seem to be, it, they're so focused on what I don't have and how bad things are, mm-hmm. they can't seem to get to bring themselves to say, wait a minute, let me just stop and start someplace. There you go. That makes yeah. sense at all. Yeah. Uh, so, sure. so what, what, do you, what do you what do you think causes that? Are you saying there's a is that connected to a lack of willingness to stick with the budget or even nowadays there was a time when I would say it's a unwilling to stick to the budget. It's like they uh, they get distracted, mm-hmm. but now the people I'm dealing with now, their inability and unwillingness to even start a budget. Okay. Just just to sit down with you and say, okay, let's go through a worksheet here, and then we'll establish a budget from that worksheet. You know, sure. what, what did you spend this week? What next week? You go for thirty days. Okay, now we can kind of put a plan together. Can't get them there. Just to sit. <laughs> and, and that's a tough. There's not a great answer to that that I know of. Uh, you know, I do. Oh, I'm done, Will. Okay, fine, I'm done. <laughs> no, you know, Ron, where I'm counseling someone, for example, and and yeah. you say, look. Um, right off the bat, you just ask, would, are, you, are you willing to do some of the things we're going to cover or not? Because if not, we're wasting each other's time. Yeah, I love right, you, but right. we are. And if so, absolutely, I can help you. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's a difference between them sitting in, in front of you saying, and my dad told me I had to be here. Uh, what do we need to talk about? <laughs> not willing. We're not ready to go yet. We're not ready to meet yet. Yeah. yeah. Versus I, my money is out of control. I am desperate for some help and some tools, please talk to me. Oh, I can, I'm willing to meet and help all day long. So yeah, Ron, I I think, yeah, that's the tough truth is what's that old saying? Those convinced against their will are of the same opinion still. (laughs) And and until they're ready. And sometimes God uses suffering or a a painful wake up call. Unfortunately, it takes that. It took that for me. Let me just tell you, Uh, I won't tell you that story in this episode, this episode in the place for that but um to to wake me up and say yeah. okay lord i'm ready i'm actually ready to change hmm. yeah. and you have to decide to change and right. until you're ready to come to that and uh, and that that seems to be it seems to be the case with, with a lot of folk that i that i, I mean even older uh yeah uh, more 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 established i would mm-hmm. say is it, it it seems there's constant distraction by everything around them the television uh social yeah. media it's and the news media it's it's either they're, they're in this panic mode 
and believe that they can't, or I have to have everything I want right now. Yes. And, you know, budgeting is, it, it kind of stops that. Well, it's in their mind. The yeah, turning off the media, turning off the news. I don't mean permanently. We need to be aware and prayerful of what's going on in general, right. but turning those things off for, for mm. periods of time where I can meditate, clear my mind. I'm not talking mm. about new age meditation. I'm talking about clearing my right. mind, right. letting God's truth soak in. That really has a mental brain effect, literally, Ron. And I think what you're talking about, yeah, I see that a lot too. And just trying to walk people through the benefit of unplugging and and slowing down and taking yeah. some time yeah. away from the news, the media, the overstimulation of our brain, the yeah. uh, what Dave Ramsey calls fear porn. <laughs> very real. And it's a very real addiction, honestly. Very, very real. Very real. <laughs> I think it is. I don't know that they've... Ray Johnson, uh, Ron and Will, uh, Ray Johnston, you may know Ray Johnston from Bayside Churches. They've got about seven or eight of them, maybe more. But he continually addresses the men at this point. It's a good question, Ron, that uh, the key word he uses is depression. He brings up that word depression almost every month in everything that he does or says little one or two paragraphs to all the men in the church because they get to the place where... uh, he uses great writings on what depression is to say that they will just destroy you. Like Will talked about stopping for a minute, Will, and thinking, clearing your mind. And uh, sometimes I think, what do you think? Well, is it good if somebody can have that's in a situation like Ron saying, just one little victory? Is there something they can say where you can show, hey, I did this little bit here and I got a victory because defeat after defeat after defeat puts some more of what's Ron saying. And if I could hold on to that one victory and then yeah. dwell on it, like you said, in a budget, make it even small, huh? Something they can do. I'll bring up another biblical principle, another verse. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm-hmm. It damages you emotionally. And again, this is all centered in your brain physiologically, but it dam- damages you emotionally. And so, uh, yeah, having those little wins, for example, these budgeting apps I mentioned, there's really no excuse not to budget because you don't have to be an Excel geek uh, yeah, to do right. that. You don't even have to use pen and paper if you don't want to. There are apps that tap into your accounts. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, the old guy goes, wait, wait, wait. Slow down. Uh, and so, but, yeah, but the next generation looking for the small wins, I mean, these, yeah, these yeah, apps make yeah. it so much easier and so streamlined with your phone. Oh, it's amazing. Um, you know, and I'll say this, Joe, real quickly before going more in your question. Um, when I get home, if I'm watching anything, I'm with my family. If I'm watching anything, it's something we enjoy. If uh, my phone's in the other room on silent, not vibrate, because oh. then you can hear it, but actual, true, non-vibrate silent. There's, wow. I always joke, wow. it's vibrating, it ain't silent. <laughs> um, true silent in the other room. Yeah. And and that's it. And and if people need to get a hold of me, I, ch- I do check it before I go to bed. So I am in touch. I'm not living under a rock off the grid in the middle of the woods somewhere where you can't get a hold of me. But uh, those are two extremes I think we need to caution against. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not in touch with anyone and ministering to anybody. And the, But then also the other extreme is, like you mentioned, Ron, I'm plugged into everything too much. And, mm-hmm. you know, Joe, uh, to, to speak a little more to what you brought up, I cut ahead in my notes here. There's something called the seven baby steps that we mentor when we do financial mm-hmm. coaching, that we mentor people through. If you've seen, um, oh, what's that movie with Bill Murray? It's hilarious. What about Bob? 
If oh, you see him up, up, it's not those baby steps where he says baby steps into the hall, baby steps into the elevator. Um, it's financial baby steps right. and taking one step at a time. They build hope because they're doable. The first one is a thousand dollar emergency fund. Uh, you get that, you get a little bit of margin between you and the next car problem. Yeah. When you break down on the way to work, you get a little bit of margin between you and that next emergency, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe step two is pay off your debt, except for the mortgage. Now, some people that does take a while. Uh, I can't recall what the average is. I think it's about 18 months, but depends on the financial situation. But um, margin in my budget is almost impossible on a lower income when there's debt payments going out. And yeah. so that second baby step is so crucial to build, <clears throat> inserting a little more hope in my life to go, Oh my gosh. And here's what they do with the second baby step. Here's what's great. Let me break that down. You take your debt smallest to largest and you do the smallest first. Well, all mm-hmm. the financial guys mock that they say, that's dumb. You should do the highest percentage rate first. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> unless you have a payday loan of, three, four, five, 600%. Yes. Those are out there. Um, or something crazy like that, which that's usually a smaller balance anyway. Uh, no, no, take it smallest balance. Why? Because Joe, you knock it out soon. That gives you hope. And you say, wait a second, I got that payday loan off my back. And then visa, let's say visa's uh, $1,200. Okay. Let me work my tail off, take some extra hours, side hustle, side gig, whatever. That's the second thing in, in my debt snowball, baby step two, pay off debt. And then once you get rid of visa and you get visa off your back, then it, you build momentum, you build hope, you build courage. Right. And those yeah. things, um, look, people say, well, the math doesn't work if you do the smallest debts first to build margin in your budget. Well, if we were doing math, we wouldn't have the debt. If we were following just strictly math, I don't mean to mock people that are in debt. I mean, that's true. It's a behavioral thing. It's a behavioral issue. And so how do I correct my behavior? Well, I insert hope. And then how do I do that? I I take these debts one at a time, smallest Mm -hmm. to biggest, smallest to largest, and I pay them off and work them off. And so um, baby step three is I go back to that emergency fund and I build it up to three to six months of expenses. You know, Joe, Ron, Paul, y'all, y'all know this. Sometimes people suffer job loss. They get laid off. They get fired. Their job's not there or they cut hours. So having that margin is huge. Um, Baby step four, invest 15% of your income, household income in retirement, 15, one, five, not 50, (laughs) not yet. Uh, 15 that sets you up for retirement. A lot of people say, man, I could never retire. I'm going to need social social security. I call it social insecurity. I'm going to need social security, things like that. And, and I just say, look, um, if you invest 15%, now, if I'm five years away from retirement, this is a little different story, but let's just talk general. Let's zoom out and touch, talk about money for a second. If you invest 15%, let me take 150. If you invest $150 a month, from age 25 to age 65, or you could say age 30 to 70, you know, whatever, for 40 years at 11%, you've got just over a million dollars in retirement, not counting social security. That's $150 a month. So do you know how much you have to earn per year? You know what? That's 15% of $12,000 a year income. (laughs) I don't know anyone that's below who wants to work. That's below $12,000 a year income. 
So that 150 for 40 years at averaging 11% is over a million. So uh, again, I, I just think once people begin to hear these facts mathematically, um, I, it inserts hope, it changes things. And then let me just finish this off. Baby step five is safe for kids college. If that's doable, if you're early enough in the game. Now, how much? Well, they don't say. They don't say by design because look, you might pick a public in-state, you might pick a uh, first year, first two years where you do a community college. So it depends. I just put something. Uh, what we do, we get paid 26 times a year and not 24. Okay, so we don't get paid bi-monthly. We get paid every other week. Well, if you work that out for a year, you get 26 paychecks in the year, right? Not 24. Well, you're right. budgeted on a two paycheck month every month. So there's two, what I think of as free paychecks, if you want to think of it like that. Not really, but two extra. So those aren't in my budget. So you know what I do? I do baby step five. We set some of that aside for our kids' college. So that's just, you can be creative with this. Baby step six is pay off the mortgage. Um, right now in an inflationary period, people mock that because they say, well, you can make more in the market. Well, you're not, okay, but you're not accounting for risk and, and more debt, more risk. Um, but also in an inflationary period like this, real estate is, in my opinion, the best, but certainly one of the best inflation hedges. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's a, for the people listening, that's a hedge against inflation is something that is going to go up with inflation. In other words, if I own real estate and inflation's really high and I own a house or let's say a rent house, um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to feel the weight of that quite as much because the rent house value is going to go up with that inflation. And so um, paying off the mortgage, being on baby step six, that's that's an amazing place to put extra money, especially during an inflationary period. And then seven, the last baby step is build wealth and give generously. Mm -hmm. We will say all oh, those dirty, rotten, evil, wealthy people. Well, the guy that came up with these baby steps did the largest study of millionaires ever done in North America, over 10,000 millionaires, largest by far. I mean, he blew the other studies out of the water. So he wrote this book, Dave Ramsey. So this is Baby Steps Millionaires. And it's how walking through the baby steps naturally, this is a uniquely American discussion, sure, but naturally produces net worth millionaires. Even if your net worth is 1.1 million, hey, you're a millionaire. Well, he talks about the data points for these millionaires that they studied, over 10,000 of them, Joe. So uh, what he found is the vast majority of them did not inherit their wealth. That did not cause them to be millionaires. You know what it was? What I just said, 401k mutual fund investment over 30 years, over 40 years, over. And yeah. so um, tortoise in the hare, y'all ever read the book, the Aesop fable, right. there you the go. fable to tortoise in the hare. Right. Every time the turtle wins, why? Cause it's low and slow, slow and steady wins the race. If you're a rabbit and you get distracted, um, the rabbit loses every time I read the book, <laughs> quote someone who brought that up. So um, the point is, a lot of these millionaires are out. One of the main character traits that they all consistently have, statistically speaking, almost all of them, is outrageous integrity and generosity. They're very giving. They're open-handed. They're not closed fists. They're open-handed. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's just to jump ahead on what I was going to talk about, Joe. I, I think those are some yeah. of the ways, just one step at a time, I can create hope. Yeah. It, yeah. So I'm sorry, I have another question. Uh, so if you can speak to uh, what is wrong with being in debt? I mean, we are a society of 
Everybody has debt. It's just a way of life. You know, you, I mean, why not? You go get a car and no one pays for a car. No one pays a house off. No one, I mean, you just kind of, what's wrong with that? Except they do, but most people don't, Ron. You're right. Most people right. don't. Right. Most people don't. Yeah. Uh, but the data points of these millionaires, they actually do. The average millionaire paid their house off in seven years. Um, um, they did not carry car loans. And so when you have control of your money and they're not going out in bills, you have money. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Ron, that's that's a good, you know, that's a good thing to bring up. Say, say what you said again, because I got off track on that. No, I was saying what, what's wrong with being in debt? Oh, what's, what's wrong, wrong with okay. carrying debt? Uh, but for the Christians we're talking to. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So first off the bat, the Bible never calls debt a sin. I've never been able to find where God says you're in debt. You're a sin. That's accounted. That's attributed to your account as sin, you know, slap on the wrist, shame on you. I can't find that in scripture, Ron. Um, And so debt is bad. Yes. But if you want to say morally wrong, no, I, I wouldn't take it that far because I don't think scripture takes it that far. That's right. That's right. Um, sinful behavior can lead to debt. For example, if I gluttony, if I'm lustful, if I'm struggle with addiction, that yes. could yes. lead to debt. But the yes. debt itself, it doesn't label it as sin, but it does in spiritual terms. Um Ron, talk about my sin as being a debt that's owed, and, and Jesus pays for that in full. Right. But let's go back to money for a second. Um, God never calls debt a sin, but interestingly enough, he never has anything good to say about it. Right. Not once. Right. He never right. uses debt to bless his people. Mm-hmm. When he gives them something, Ron, he gives them, you know this, he gives them full all of it. Yes. <laughs> um, not with strings attached in terms of debt, you know, there's the obedience expectation, of course, but um, yeah. And so he never uses that to bless his people. So I would say today, if a Christian says, man, God really blessed me with this car, I would disagree that it was him. If they have a note on it, if now, if someone gave it to them or they're able to pay it off or they got a bonus and they were able to pay cash for this $10,000 car um, that could certainly, I believe biblically, be from the Lord. So morally wrong with that? Uh, no, I wouldn't say anything, but uh, wrong in terms of you take more risk on yourself. Um, there's an emotional, mental weight to debt, whether we're willing to admit it or not, there is, even right. if we don't realize right. the weight we're feeling is attributed to that. So um, look, I used to work in real estate and we had a bunch of, uh, for a broker in College Station, and we had a bunch of um, people from California uh, investing. And I even, uh, we even had one guy we worked with and, uh, that uh, got upside down in a lot of properties and, mm, okay. and ended his life. And mm. I, uh, it's a permanent solution to a short-term problem. I mean, it's a yeah, horrible yeah. thing to do, but my point was he felt that weight. He lost hope and he thought, this is the only thing, this is the easy way out. This is the only option I have left. Yeah. And that's the extreme example, Ron. Yeah, but yeah. oh man, well, I, yeah. one I, one of the uh, unfortunate uh, experiences we had was 2007 and eight in Florida, mm-hmm. uh, and there were a number of, of young men, young people, young men particularly like him. Um, there, they there is a uh, a big development down by the brand new uh, basketball stadium in Orlando. Well, that group of young men all went broke. Uh, it, it, this massive development, they were the hot shots, and they, along with a bunch of other realtors, went belly up. 
So yeah, I, it was it, it's a terrible weight to carry, and, and I, I, I part of the thing I, I try to express with uh, the very same thing. I, I agree with you. There's there's no sin. Uh, the Bible doesn't necessarily call sin called that sin. It does There's no place there. Uh, but but back to the idea, the weight that you bear if you have sin. Uh, it, you know, if you're in debt, you're now the slave to your to your debt holder. You know, if you uh, I think it's Proverbs twenty was it twenty two. Uh, uh, borrower is slave to the lender. There we go. There we go. There we yes, go. sir. I, I knew that. <clears throat> I, would... I didn't know the address <laughs> of it, but I knew that. that was it. <laughs> Had a brain freeze for me. But as you, as you said, it's a, it's you, you know, the scripture says it's like I I know my Baptist friends going to have a have, going to have a fit right now. But it's like you know we have we're a Baptist. Well, drinking is a sin. I'm going well, alcohol. It it's not a sin. I wouldn't say that. Right, but it, it gives great warning about those who don't who don't do it well, and the tendency is for not to. And the same thing with debt is if you have debt, you acquire debt, and you hold on to it. There are some negative ramifications there, uh, especially because it, it's one of those things where it, it will take control of your life, if if not actually, at least up here, where it, you can't see past it. And so Ron, it, it, God says these are my principles for living life well. Yes. Yeah. that's a wisdom principle and that's a debt yes. debt falls under that category yes. Yes. and money and all these things we're talking about. Yeah. Amen. I've got a, uh, a question to throw on there. Paul, have you got a question? I know you're taking. No, go, Joe. Joe, okay. Go all right. I, uh, one of the things I love about this guy, Ron, is that will always had the sensitivity from his heart and the ability in his mind to take good data and move it around when we would do program and understand people and mm-hmm. work with them. I've gotten received probably three or four texts in the last, probably since Friday mm-hmm. from people that were in this situation. Dave Ramsey is known as a tremendous Christian and hopefully we'll all be known that way. Um, there are a lot of people that we deal with that don't know the Lord yet. There's a lot of them that are, I guess the picture of the, the the perfect family, you know, we used to talk about this. Will's always been on top of stuff. You know, it's the perfect one wife, one life forever. Everything's great. The home, everything's done. College is set, this, that, the other. And right now in America, it's over 50%, I think, that are blended families. They're not, they're not uh, one time. And some of them are worse than that. And the causes are whatever, but the problems are compounding because of financial situations yeah. and the the government and what we're facing right now is making it all the worse they lost jobs like be down the list on all of these yeah. but they um if we were going to try and there are people listening tonight i know they're going to say is there something will where you can take these principles which we know are correct they're godly they work they're encouraging if you're able to plug in somewhere and get past that person who says, I can't do that. I'm so discouraged and defeated. What would you say to that kind of a, a blended or on their own, but really hurting people today, looking at so many situations from the nation to their family, to their life? What do I do now? I can't go a day without somebody pestering me. Is there maybe one or two key points you would remold slightly to give them a jump start so they could get to all of them. I know that's kind of a curveball. I never saw you miss a curve ever, though, Will. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> something, something will help these guys. That think, Will, is there something could help me, you know, or, or she could help me, you know. Sure. 
I would give a short answer and then a slightly different long answer. The short answer is look to the Lord and his Amen. word, because look, all that I'm talking about is based on principles that comes from his word. So right. I didn't come up with this stuff. Uh, all Dave Ramsey, he'll tell you this. Yeah. All Dave Ramsey does. He didn't come up with this stuff. Yeah. He took biblical principles and said, okay, how do I fashion these in a way where seven baby steps where people can understand a, a good order to do these things in yes. what order should I do? And it took him a while to work that out. And he'll tell you that. And so um, these all come from God and his word. So that's where hope is found. That's where salvation is found. Joe, that's gotta be where anyone starts yeah. because when you don't know which way is up, you, you take that stress and that fear and pain, fill in the blank, the Lord. And he's going to have the unique ability to, I call it regrip you mm-hmm. uh, to grab your attention uh, mentally, emotionally, intellectually, in every way, spiritually, and and bring comfort and ease or soothe whatever pain you're going through. And Joe, I had to learn that. Uh, there's an ending of the of an engagement for me about three months before the wedding, over a decade ago, and uh, for me that was my painful wake up moment. And I spent the next year to two years, really year plus, um, was a time of incredible pain. And, um, I took that to the Lord. And one thing I can always tell the guys I work with and the people I talk to is he is always there because how do I know that? Well, I can tell them with that much more conviction because he was there for me. So, um, man, I, if you take whatever you're going through, you take it to the Lord. He is there. He does care even though his answer is not necessarily as immediate as you would like it. I I get that. It took me two years to heal from what I just said. Two years. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, but he was there. Uh, He was never not there. And he helped me heal. You can't fast track some of this stuff. Healing sometimes takes time. And it took me two years for my brain. I'm literally, seriously, emotionally, my brain, it took it two years to heal from So we're taking it to the Lord. But he walks you through the valley, the 23rd. Huh? He's with you. That's that's key. Yeah. 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 And Joe, it's not the it's not this valley of death. It's the valley of the shadow. If you walk with Christ, you you're walking in, in life and in liberty and uh yeah. I had an older gentleman say that to me. I said, he said, man, I don't know what I'm going to do there. And he, and I mentioned the 23rd Psalm will, and he was older. He used to listen to the radio, Ron. He was always on there, Paul, the radio shows. And uh, I said, well, it's, it's the fear of the shadow of death. And there he goes, yeah. And he says, worse than that. He said, sometimes I think the shadow knows. <laughs> like that old I know yeah. God knows. And I got to quit thinking the shadow knows. And shadow I said, dude. yeah. Yeah, we, we, that's old. That's old guy joke. Sorry. I know what you're, no, I know what you're referencing. Yeah, okay. old joke. One hope. One. You gave him a victory. You gave him a victory to hold on to God. You gave him a victory. One little thing at a time, like you said. One at a time. One. Don't be discouraged. Long with you know, uh, here, I'm sorry. And so the other the other question on that same line is, and it's maybe unique to us, right? Um, one of the most difficult groups of folk and individuals I, uh, I've dealt with are people who are like uh, some of my family members who are poverty stricken, 
And they literally I had them in mind when I was preparing to talk for this, by the way. I, I, oh, good, I good, was good, good, good. Because I think, you know, they're, they're that crowd I mentioned also who can't see past their their right. present circumstance. It's like they, well, the thing I analogy I use with them is, is that you cannot walk successfully down the street staring at your feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you can't. You, you've got to change your perspective. Uh, so, yeah, so what, would you agree with that? I mean, and how do, how do you work with poverty-stricken folk who just who just barely make it, at least they think they are? Yeah, it's hard. We yeah. We do our best to walk with them one step at a time, show them some of the basics of, hey, the first thing we do is insert hope. You right, can't right. do this. These principles do work over time. Yeah. Budgeting is a good idea, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, oh, man, a lot of times just your presence and the fact that they know you care and you're willing to help and you're not just throwing information at them and then right. walking right. away. Right. But you care about them. Yeah. That makes all the difference in the world. I've noticed now, unfortunately, I've occasionally had someone who still thinks I don't care, but that's rare. Usually they get that I have a heart for them and I actually want to help them. And I'm not simply throwing information at them. But thinking about your family, Ron, I'm not just saying that. I, when I walk through a couple things to say, okay, how can I get margin? How can I get breathing room financially? Because um, that affects spiritual, that affects emotional, that affects me physically. Yeah. Yes. Um, number one, I had, how can I, just as a thought, how can I increase my income? Number two, I had, how can I cut my expenses? We can go through some of those if we have time. Right. Number one, how can I increase my income? And, you know, Ron, I, I know family is important. I know your roots of where someone grew up, even if not ideal, still has a sentimental value. Right. I, I yes. get that. Um, I still get to go back to the home I grew up in. Uh, my my mom and stepdad are still in it. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to go there not too long ago and visit, and that that means something to me emotionally. It's not just a house; it's not just a piece of property. So I get that, but but I would say um, an option, not the only way to do it, but an option is to move. Uh, in other words, if I feel like I'm not making progress financially, um, it may not be. I'm not necessarily picking on the area. It may not be anything wrong inherently one way or the other in and of itself with the area, the street, the neighborhood, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. It might be, but it it might not be at all. But that, you know, I was listening to a great guy, Thomas Sowell. Ron, have you ever heard of Thomas Sowell? Uh, You should look him up if you. I have. (laughs) Okay. Okay, good. Okay, he's one of the greatest. I'm, I I'm, one, of those, I'm one of those bottom floor redneck conservative. <laughs> he's I've fallen since the '70s, believe it or not. Oh, he's a great. He's in oh some three or four of his newest books. He he published after age eighty. Yes, yes, he's about um, ninety now. Yeah, he's, and he explained. Be about he, he explained, I think, yeah. accurately. Look, yeah. if if you have an ability and you feel frustrated because you feel like you're not earning the potential financially attached to that ability. You're not making progress. At t- then look at, look at relocating. Be- not, it's not necessarily something wrong with where you are. It might be something better about where you could be, That's right. where That's God right. will take you. If you're willing to open up and say, okay, Lord, I don't have to die in the same zip code I grew up in yes. necessarily. Yes. 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 Where do you want to move me? Yes. Ron, I think that's a key, not to say it in a hateful judgmental way, but just to say, <laughs> Sometimes God moves us, and that's a key part of the solution sometimes that he uses is a willingness um, to move. Sowell used Steinway as an example. 
Who here has not heard of Steinway pianos? Even if you don't play piano, you've heard of Steinway. Right, right. It's a German name. Well, it's changed its English eyes, but it's a German name. It's a German name. The guy worked in Germany. Well, he was in a situation where he could not, and he knew it. Mm-hmm. Once he recognized, you know, my earning potential with the gifts God gave me uniquely mm-hmm. and the desire of what I want to do with my life right. is not going to be, fa- this isn't a dig on Germany back then, right. yeah. not right. going to be found in Germany. Mm-hmm. It's going to be found in New York City and on into America. And he came over here and I wouldn't say revolutionized the industry. I think he really kind of started it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the piano building, the and who here hasn't heard of Steinway? Now that's an right. extreme example of success. Yes, but no, but I, but I, 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 I yeah, yes, because I'm 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 right with you because that's one of the one of the hardest things to get uh, get my relatives and other yeah. folk in the area to hear. Um, it's for instance my uh, my sister in law. She's heard it probably a thousand times. Poverty is not your financial situation. Poverty is your is your mentality. Uh, mm-hmm. You live around and associate with people where that's acceptable, where it's expected, and you can't see past that. Mm-hmm. And you start, and that's one of the things that I did with the guys who come out of the prison and also with some of the low-income folk. You, you have this thing where you can't imagine, break out of where you are, just sit down, let's imagine these things here, and then, okay, if, that's, if you can imagine that, what makes that unrealistic? What are the steps we can do to get there? And one of them is, as you said, you mentioned, right, where you live, where you grew up, where you were born, do not define you. Right. Leaving leaving those places do not lessen who you are. They don't. None of those things. But that I it among I I will say among guess the black folks that I've associated with and the neighbors that we've lived in, one of the strongest sort of. resistances and, t- and attacks rather are on those of us who leave mm-hmm. move yeah. move out it's like you are abandoning well here, here's a tragic example of how strong that that thing is bill cosby's uh son uh you guys remember him yeah, uh, the story there the tragedy of his son yeah <clears throat> why was his son shot and killed the young man that played on steve harvey's show uh i think they call him Me- meathead Successful actor, going places, great future, shot and killed. Why? Because he has to go back to the to the neighborhood. Because he has to go back and and make sure everybody knows he hasn't he hasn't left. He hasn't abandoned the people. He, he still knows who he is. And it, if whether if whether you're making a lot of money or people making none, that mentality, satanic sort of thing, is still there. Yeah. You need to change your environment. I mean, some people do, some people, but most people. Change your environment and change the people who are influencing you. You know, sure. bad company corrupts good morals, uh, mm. Paul says. And it's the same thing financially and economically. If yeah. you're around people who don't encourage you, who encourage you to get, say where you are, you need to kind of make the decision to say, you know what? I'm leaving these people in this place yeah. and think differently. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Bodie Bachman is another yeah. example of that. Sorry about that. Sorry. No, yes. That's good. That's good. Keep going. We've got five right. minutes. Go ahead. Great. Oh, good, Paul. No, Paul, good. I'm sorry. I've dominated the conversation. No, that's great. You're making that's lots great. of notes over there. That's <laughs> Ron, that's a great point. That is a good point. Will, that's good input. Thanks, Will. That's good. Really good. Paul, did you have a thought you wanted to? My goodness. Uh, <laughs> this, this topic is so big, you know, and I, uh, I look at our culture, which is becoming 
more and more secularized and mm. even church is becoming secularized in its uh in its approach to life uh i can remember being in school of course we all can do this in the good old days but i can remember <laughs> in school where we really did learn how to balance a checkbook we learned the importance of uh putting some money aside just little basic kinds of things mm -hmm. um, my observation of of what goes on now is uh, with a sense of uh, expectancy. Um, it, it seems that our education system has trained our children well to expect things to be given to them without the idea of what it means to have value in hard work. What does hard work mean? Uh, and, and I and I, I when I talk to elementary teachers, we have one in our family. Um, the frustration level is so incredibly high. Mm -hmm. uh, it, um, the the pressure of teaching the um, curriculum that you're given, which doesn't include um, <laughs> practical things like yeah. that, uh, and so we're. It, I guess some someone said. Uh, we're we're educating uh walking dead men you know mm -hmm. and and to try and address those kind of problems you know on a very basic kind of level uh is a real challenge yeah. so when i think about these kinds of things and and uh, we are i think as a nation reaping the seeds that have been sown yes. uh and we 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 have planted the wind and reaped the whirlwind uh yeah. in, in so many different ways so the basic principles i think will and i appreciate you sharing them so much i have respect for dave ramsey and uh, and what he's discovered and he shared with with people in, in his writings and in uh, in various ministries um when i see what kind of stream we're swimming against you know Ron, you, you spoke about poverty mentality uh i i have at times um seeing the poverty mentality in the body of christ yes you know? yes yes and it yes. cripples it absolutely yes. cripples yes. uh yes. our our effectiveness yes. uh, by adopting that as as a lifestyle mm -hmm. and and so i you know i just want to encourage you will you know stay with it you know you yes. uh some of us yeah. some of us do remember uh who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? I mean, we, <laughs> only the shadow knows. <laughs> and, um, but it's uh, you know our task. Our task is far from over. Uh, yes. And uh, and in many respects, we 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 need to work hard to recapture uh, territory that's been yielded so easily. Yes. 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 Mm. Lesser odds. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And, and I think we need to be aware of that. So just want to. Let you know, pray for you, encouraging. Thank you, thank you. Well, yes, and, and Paul, super quickly to your point, I want to challenge any parents, uh, even if single parents listening or watching. It uh, it starts with us. I'm, I'm a parent. Yes. It, yes. If the school's not going to have it, okay. Um, <laughs> homeschool. I'm not saying homeschool full time necessarily. I'm yeah. saying um, it's still at home where they live. Yes. Parents, Amen. let's teach our yeah. kids these things so that they do have uh, yes. do have that instead of just expecting. Okay, the school, yes, they should cover those things, but just a minute, just a minute. I heard 
Yeah, that was it. I heard Stephanie screaming amen all the way from Serbia. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> yeah. Well, too bad because I know they like the Ramsey uh, course. Yeah, right, not, right. not with us. Well, you know, I, I, I'm – and uh, Paul, to your, to your point, uh, yeah, I'm, I remember old school, so old, that they taught those things in our church, believe it or not, Amen. on top of his te- teaching at home. Uh, so that's the thing that's missing. And I, I'm also, one of my favorite books of scriptures is Ephesians, uh, because it's Paul's main focus is to remind us who we are, how to think, how to see life, you know, based on what Christ, who Christ is, what he's done, and, and who we are in him. It, mm-hmm. because it's like they forget and too many of us forget today you know like you said that poverty mentality but one last thing I wanted to give a shout out to because uh, oh yeah old, old school <laughs> Wait, can I see that <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, a little yellow on the edges but that was one of the things that one of the first things that helped us back our transformation back in the day and Ron to your point if anybody listening um, if you're fed up even if you're starting a financial journey right now through the baby steps or something similar, um, start an FPU class at your church or your local community center or out of your home, or you can do them over zoom. Now they're doing digital ones, financial peace university, uh, on Dave Ramsey's site. You can be a host and you don't have to be an expert. Streaming now. Oh yeah. Right. Wow. You do not have to be an expert. You just have to facilitate and lead the class and facilitate conversation. Any of us can do that. I only right. got about a minute. Give them that address and that site. Can you say that? Is it DaveRamsey.com or what? Oh, is goodness. It? I have to give them Google. <laughs> Financial Peace University. Financial Peace University. I think it's on RamseyPlus.com, but okay. maybe double check me on the on the actual address there. That's okay. good. If you have to hunt for it, you really get excited when you find it. Amen. And you get <laughs> so, Ramsey Plus for free if yeah. you host, by the way. Oh, uh, that's $130 a year. You, if you're a host, you get access to all that. So. Mm. Yeah, well, we. But I tell you what, you shared some and very, very good things tonight, and we we had some great questions. Thanks, guys, and what we're looking at. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you one more time: if you're listening tonight, uh, we're here because you help us to be here, and we sure could use your support. Those that give every week, we simply want to say thank you and God bless you the way you take care of keeping our program on. If you go to bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations, bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations, there's a little box donation that says on there. If you click on that and take your credit card, take your name, actually not your whole card, but just what you want to give. And that would really help us a lot if you, if God lays it on your heart, because we want to bring more people and keep Will coming back to us. Will, everybody loves you, guy. And I tell you what, they, um, we have a core group of people that they love to bring back, and you're definitely one of them. You're doing a great job, like Paul said. And uh, Well, and I had more budgeting tips we didn't even cover, so maybe we can do that in the future. Oh, absolutely. we got to do the budgeting thing, so maybe we'll do the end of summer if that works for you, if you're still still working. I'll, I'll call you this week, and we'll reschedule. Guys and gals, we have four-star general. We have a... Uh, we have a, a congressman, an assemblyman from the state of California who love Jesus. They're coming on the show. We've got some great things ahead to be praying for. And let's remember what we learned tonight. Most of all, like Will said, trust in the Lord. He's there. He's going to take care of you, and it's going to happen. Amen. All right, on behalf of all of our listening audience, and Will, God bless you, and Lauren, and the precious little girls. And uh, on behalf of all of us, thanks for tuning in tonight, folks, to Raising Expectations, your show. We hope you were encouraged because... God's with you, and God will never leave or forsake. He's got you in the grip of his grace, and it's going to be a great week because he's walking with you. Thanks for tuning in, Raising Expectation. See you next week.
Thanks, Thank Wo. Thank you. Bye, Ron. Thanks, guys. Bless you guys. Thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.